Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. All right, lacrosse fans, you heard it right there. It's time for another episode of Lacrosse Classified right here on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network, episode number 55 is coming your way here on a Tuesday as it's Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar back with you once again as we crank it out week after week after week, Evan. But this week is a little more special than the rest because it is officially game week. Face-off weekend just days away as the National Lacrosse League season is set to go once again for 2019-2020. Welcome back to Lax Class. Evan, let's get you in right off the top here. Big show on deck. I'm talking big show on deck here. As we will talk to the man in charge of it all, the commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, Nick Sikevich, will join us here in about 20 minutes from now. And then after that, it's back, ladies and gentlemen. Stampy Tax, who you got, makes its triumphant return here at Lax Class, and we'll get some news and notes in as well. Evan. I know you're in a snowy Calgary Tim Hortons right now. Uh, yes, I, I don't know what you're doing there, why you're you're doing it, but uh, welcome back to Lax Class. Well, yeah, no, I'm here. Just got to take care of some immigration things with my son so he can actually travel with us to the U.S. Um, unfortunate how it works, but yeah, seven-hour drive to come here for a couple hours and then drive home for seven hours again. That's the way it goes. But you drove yeah, to you, Calgary from Saskatoon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. For Saskatchewan people, seven-hour drive is, I mean, it's not usual, but it's not. Well, uh, you can take a nap on the way because you just close your eyes and, and make sure the steering wheel is held straight and, and you'll be fine. Except, except last night I did all the driving. Tracy's driving most of the way out. Ah, so okay. Okay. Well, it's a yeah. beautiful sunny day here in British. I think I could still get away with shorts outside today, Evan, if uh, if I really wanted to here in BC. But uh, we're not going to talk about the weather here today. We're going to talk about the National Lacrosse League and, most importantly, Evan, the rosters for every t- – all 13 teams have announced their rosters for the upcoming season. Let's get into this. Um Let's start backwards, Evan. We always go from Buffalo to Vancouver. Let's start the other way this time because I think that's just fair. New additions. Yeah, well, I'm not really giving you a choice. This is what we're doing, Evan. Uh, New additions here to the Warriors. Uh, Nick Bielich, of course, who took out Biz Nasty in that PTO trial. We're going to have to talk about that uh, momentarily here as well. Sam Clare, a free agent pickup. Uh, who else do we got new to the Vancouver Warriors? Riley Lowen, their draft pick, Derek Lloyd making the team, uh, Patrick O'Meara, and Bobby Snyder. So uh, some new faces there in Vancouver. And maybe the surprise for me is that Tyson Rowe only made the practice roster. You know, he had such a good world championship. I thought he would have made the lineup. And especially, you know, when we talked with Dan Richardson, he said he wanted to get bigger. Well, there's your biggest guy, and he's not active at the moment. 
Yeah, I, I think at some point Tyson Rowe will see some some time with the Vancouver Warriors. Um, but yeah, it's it's been like, I just don't know what it's going to take for him to, to get over the hump and to get a shot in the National Cup. He spent some time in the practice roster with the Stealth and the Roughnecks. He was, you know, gone for a little bit. Now had, a like you said, a great world championship. Just can't quite crack that active roster. So... We'll see how it pans out for Tyson Rowe, but I think here in Vancouver, Evan, uh, a much better looking Vancouver Warriors team. I don't know what the expectations are. I'm, I'm thinking maybe if they can get to 500, they're going to be satisfied with that season. Yeah, I, I think you'd be satisfied at 500, or you know, to get to, but get to get to third place. I think it's still a stretch. I think there's just way too many strong teams in their division. I agree. I agree. So let's move on to the Toronto Rock. Uh, we don't want to spend too much time on each team here. You can check out all the rosters at NLL.com. Just click on the team page and they'll all be there. But we do want to we do want to touch on every team here. Josh Jubenville, um, this is Toronto Rock here, Evan. David Brock, of course, joining the Toronto Rock. Alec Toulette, uh, some some new faces there in Toronto as well, and of course Dan Dawson, who will be patrolling that right side. And it looked like he and Robbie Hellier really had some chemistry going in the preseason. I guess the two surprises for me with the Rock, uh, they only kept seven forwards active, which you know means you're going to be dipping into your practice uh, roster if anything should happen to anybody. All and you know with Adam Jones, you never know what his teaching schedule will allow him to play. The other thing is, is that Reed Reinhold is on the holdout list. Not sure what happened there, but you know, it would have been great to see him come back. Yeah, I think Reed Reinhold kind of wants to be back home here in BC and is is done living in the East. But I don't think Jamie Dowick and the Toronto Rock are quite done with Reed Reinhold or what they exactly want to do with his rights. I don't know exactly what the situation is there, but I, I think that's kind of the case, is they're obviously not going to give Reed Reinhold up for nothing, and Reed kind of wants to come home, is is what I'm gathering. So we'll see how that situation plays out. The Saskatchewan Rush are up next, Evan, as we go backwards here through our rosters uh, heading into the season and the rush with some new faces as well. A lot of returning guys, and then they get two extra guys, and, of course, Jeff Cornwall and Ryan Dilks, but new additions to the rush, Justin Robinson, Austin Murphy, Tanner Thompson, Holden Garland, uh, and Cam Dunkerley will be the third goaltender here. A couple things with the rush now. Jeff Cornwall is going to start the year on the short-term holdout list, and this is something Derek Keenan had mentioned in his team preview is that Jeff Cornwall is not quite finished his probation. So that gives Ryan McLean, it gives Justin Robinson a chance at the active roster. We'll see which one of them moves down because the rush only put three on the practice roster with the intent, of course, that when Cornwall gets back, one of those two is going down to, you know, the, the practice roster at that point, but really no surprises from the rush whatsoever. No, that is for sure. Uh, San Diego Seals, Evan, Evan, speaking of Evans, Evan Messenger making the team there in San Diego. Zach Greer will make his Seals debut. They're going to have Connor Fields for a full season as he is back to full health. I'm looking forward to watching Connor Fields ball out uh, a healthy Connor Fields. That's going to be fun. Oh, absolutely it is. I and mean, we saw the highlight reels that 
uh, PLL and the Chaos were putting out this past week of the things he did there. So let's see what he can do between the boards. Once again, just seven forwards on the lineup. And But the one thing you got to love about the Seals is the way they announced their roster. They put this thing up with players coming out to the Big Brother theme music and you know, the really nice little production. Oh, I haven't seen this. i got to check this out. Uh, they also had their big beach lacrosse tournament down there in San Diego, which looked super cool as well. Uh, we got to move on, though, Evan, just uh, a few minutes away from our conversation here with the commissioner. Uh, who's up? Rochester is up. Uh, the Evans boys reunite. They're not brothers. They are cousins in Sean and Turner. But this roster here in Rochester, Evan, like I, I'm scanning through it. And going, this is not an expansion roster. Front, it's not an expansion roster. Now, one thing Dan Carey had mentioned when we talked to him was he has three goaltenders. He wasn't sure what he was going to do because all three were playing so all well. All three made the and, active. And all three made the active roster. He clearly has not decided. Now, of course, the one limitation you have by doing that is one of your goaltenders is by default going to be in a, um, a healthy scratch. Yeah. Yeah, I, so, hey, I, what, I think that's pretty heads up GMing there from Dan Carey because I think if he, I think if he puts one of those goalies on the practice roster, they probably say no thanks and they get picked up by another team. That's their right to do. So I think this is this is real heads up GMing here. I don't know if that's a word or not, Evan, or, but I, I think it, I think it's smart from Dan Carey to do this until they figure out what they have there in goal. Right, or do they look to, you know, a team like New York who's hurting and goal look to trade one well, of them Well, maybe, away? maybe, but I think that's exactly why they go three on the active because if they try and put one on the practice roster, that, that player does not have to accept that practice roster spot and and they can go anywhere. So uh, we'll see how that situation pans out there between Fryer, Hartley, and Wendy, the Tendy. Uh, Philadelphia, Evan, just actually this morning announcing their roster. A little late to the party here for the Wings. Their offense looks phenomenal. I, I'm i a little concerned about the back end here for the Wings. It's not the strongest back end. Um, and, of course, you got Zach Higgins as your starting goaltender where, you know, he's he actually did not too badly when he had to step in in Buffalo a couple seasons ago and be the starter. Now that he is a full-time goaltender, though, is he that guy? I don't know. Now, here's the funny side note. As much as Philly tried to go in, and they did claim Kyle Matisse as a transition player <laughs> in the expansion draft, guess who they list as a forward in their active roster? Kyle Matisse. Yes, <laughs> yes, I did see that. I did see that. Um we 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 all kind of know what what the deal with it there is, Evan. So I don't know if we need to go back and harp on that at all. They're they're doing what they're doing. Uh, New York Riptide will start the season with Alexis Bouquet in goal, and and again here with the Riptide, I like I like what I see up front, and I'm a little concerned with what I see on the back. Well, and the strange thing that had us all scratching our heads yesterday was when they first announced the roster, Bouquet was the only active goaltender. Now, it appears that Craig Seneca has, is now the second goaltender, but that kind of gave us a bit of a heart attack. This is a team that, let's be honest, I, I, I think is going to struggle. There's, there's a few guys here and there, but you know, other than, say, a Dan McCray, 
this is somebody that is just simply not going to be – I don't think they were going to be able to keep up with the strength of some of the other teams around them. We'll see. We'll see. New England Black Wolves are next as we're moving along here, Evan. Uh, still got – oh, we still got five, six teams to go here. Uh, it's it's. Kind of, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that we're up to 13 teams in the National Lacrosse League all of a sudden. Uh, New England, we kind of picked them to finish second in behind Georgia and, and a solid roster here in New England. Uh, maybe a little concern – on the back end again here, young but very quick, and I think I don't know how how stout they're going to be defensively, but I think this is going to be a very fast team and an explosive team in transition. This is going to be a high scoring team here for the Wolves. This is a repeated pattern in that entire division where when when these teams in that East Division play one another, we're going to be expecting seventeen fifteen games just because. The defenses aren't as strong. I'll exclude Georgia from that conversation. Their defense is just fine. But, you know, good offenses, not so great defenses. Um, Now, of course, maybe the the biggest news on the uh, transaction wire for New England uh, this past week was the acquisition of a good friend of the show, Andy Tower, the broadcast. Yes, yes, I did see that. What do you make of that? I love it. Now, Whoever the BR producer is is going to have to have the second seven second delay button, <laughs> you know, ready to go in an instant. But you know, the think about it when we interviewed him, the energy that he gave us just from talking with him, like we were just you know through the walls pumped up, right? Yeah. Now yeah. think about what he's going to do if he is in, you know, in the broadcast booth. How much? You know, excitement there's going to be in that broadcast. I love this. Should be good. Should be good. Uh, Halifax. The boys in the facts. Colton Armstrong, James Barkley, Mike Burke. Some some names, Pete Dabinsky, that have not been circulating around the National Lacrosse League. But um, when you got guys like Cody Jameson, Graham Hossick, Kyle Jackson, uh, veterans like Stephen Keel, then you got... Austin Shanks, their new pick, Clark Peterson. I really like the makeup of this Halifax team from the back end out. I think the question may be goaltending. Can Warren Hill be a bona fide starter? Is Pete Dubinsky ready to take that step as well? But I like I like the makeup from top to bottom here in Halifax. Yeah, a lot of good veterans and a team that is not actually all that dissimilar from the team that you know went to the NLL Cup Finals just a year and a half ago. Defense isn't as strong as it used to be, but I think Halifax can get a wild card spot. That's honestly where I've got them pegged right now. I don't think you're too far off with that prediction, Evan. The Georgia Swarm, who we're kind of picking to run away with the division here, and and not a lot of holes to fill. They they go back and they get uh, Jordan Hall. Ryan McSpadden with their draft pick will make that team. They're set in goal with Poulin and Orleman. Uh, Cole is going to move up front to play with that high-powered offense. Uh, Carson Tarbell, who I was really impressed with at the World Championships on that roster. Joel White makes his return to the NLL. And I can't wait to see the step that Zed Williams takes heading into another season for him as a pro. If there's any weak spot, it might be at lefty forward. They've, you know, they've been a bit decimated there. Jesse King getting traded away and then Holden Katoni getting drafted. Now, Brian Cole moving up only means that that was necessitated by the fact that 
that means they only have seven forwards. They would have had six had that not happened. But it's still the strongest team in the division by a, by a mile. Moving along, just three teams left here, Evan. The Colorado Mammoth and solid back end. Great goaltending as well. Pretty good right side as well, where I think the concern is for the Mammoth and, and it's especially right now is the lefty forwards who play on the right side of the floor but left-handed forwards in the only guy that's a real established in the National Cross League, Eli McLaughlin. No Chris Wardle to start the season. Jeff Wittick, who's only in his second year but did get you know some time down the stretch. Uh, but a very young, inexperienced lefty forward unit there going into the regular season. Malcolm Kinnear. Uh, who's the other one I'm missing, Evan? Uh, very young there in Dixon. Colorado. The young Carter Dixon is the one. You're there you go, Carter and, Dixon. Yes, of course. Yeah, they're they're going to be struggling, and you know, you think about it. This weekend, they're playing the Rush, and that is the side that's Rubish and Dilks control. They're not going to be able to play the ball through the left side. That's that's a problem until those guys get back in the lineup. Ilya Geich only makes the practice roster, mm. which once again surprises me, right? Mm-hmm. But um, Well, tough back end to crack, right? No. Like, that's a tough back end to crack. True enough. Yeah. Um, Calgary, they lose Riley Lowen. They lose Dan McRae. Uh, they go out and get Hayden Dixon in the draft. Uh, Marshall King as well, both on the roster. But they return, you know, they're – Pretty much their entire core and that young group that's been coming up. And Shane Simpson, Eli Salama will take another step. Ryan Martell's going to get a shot to play. Jesse King is healthy. The, the Roughnecks have still not lost a game with Jesse King in the lineup. Yeah, and here's the, here's the thing. It's going to be uh, interesting. If you're a commentator, you're going to have to slow down a bit with two Dixons and two Kings up at the front. Yeah, well, two and related and two personally. not related, right? Uh, Marshall and yeah, Jesse brothers, exactly. Hayden and Curtis. Actually, they are related, Evan. I, my mistake. They're not brothers, but I believe they are cousins. Right. Yeah. Yes, they are. So, very um, good team there in Calgary, and they're going to be yeah, challenging. Exactly. Yeah, challenging once again. You got the Phenom in goal and, and top to bottom. Calgary, a real strong team that are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Final team here, Evan. It's the Buffalo Bandits, and of course, they ran into some serious injury trouble, and in particular, on one side of the floor, and they got plucked in. They got plucked pretty good in the expansion draft as well. Well, the big surprise of Buffalo was Vaughn Harris getting cut. Now that if there's a big name that got cut, I think that's the one. Mm. Uh, but other than that. You know, once again, still a fairly balanced team, but they don't have as good of offensive power as they did. But still, I think the fact, you know, we talked last year of Buffalo, you know, all these offensive superstars, one ball. Yeah. There's still just one ball. They, they well, yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Ball. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Von Harris because, he, you know, high draft pick, Buffalo, then to Calgary, back to Buffalo, then to Philadelphia, back to Buffalo, like – I don't know why this guy's obviously got the talent and and teams keep trying to harness it or figure it out. And maybe it's on Vaughn that he's just not buying in or committing to what teams are asking him to do. And he's he's doing what Vaughn Harris wants to do. And, and they'll, they'll put up with it for a little bit. And then they say, you know what? Like, we need somebody who's going to run our system. Yeah, and uh, you know, with John Tavares, if you're not a team player, you're on your way out pretty fast. 
Absolutely. Uh, we're about to hit the top of the hour here. I know listeners don't know that, but I know that here on my 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 vision looking at my computer screen here, Evan. So that means we need to take a break. And on the other side, we're going to talk to the man in charge of the National Lacrosse League, the commissioner, Nick Sikevich, joins us next year on episode 55 of Lacrosse Classified. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. The Vancouver Warriors are back November 29th at Rogers Arena. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Dan Richardson, GM of the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Growing the game, one podcast at a time. All right, lacrosse fans, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. You just heard from our friends, our brand new sponsor here on Lacrosse Classified, the Vancouver Warriors. And the Vancouver Warriors and Mr. Paul Bissonette, a.k.a. Biz Nasty, have two exclusive offers that you cannot refuse. First, the Warriors home opener Friday, the November the 29th against Calgary. That's this Friday, Evan. You get into Rogers Arena for as little as 15 bucks, Or you can buy a $30 ticket and party with the Biz after the game in a special section at Rogers Arena. For all the details, call 604-899-4625, option one, or head to warriors.com, vancouverwarriors.com, and get hooked up today. Promo yeah. code is biz20. Uh, bef- just before yeah, we I'm get to the commissioner, Evan, how... Free beer, don't you? Yeah, yeah, free beer as well. I mean, what more do you want? But just before yeah. we get to the commissioner here, uh, what would you make of, of all that biz nasty stuff with Dan Richardson and, and the trial? I mean, that was just spectacular. Uh, it's marketing brilliance. I said it again. Like the, you got to market lacrosse to non-lacrosse people, not to lacrosse people. You're going to get the lacrosse people in the door most of the time anyways. And a personality like this is only going to help those people get in the door the first time. And then once they see the product on the floor, they're going to come back. And that's the key. Absolutely. Hashtag nothing's offside there in Vancouver. Let's welcome the commissioner of the National Lacrosse League back to the program. It's Nick Sakevich on the line. Nick, I really appreciate you doing this once again. Welcome back. Thanks, guys. Good to be back. Uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that uh, that setup. That was great, great banter on Biz Nasty. Oh my goodness! Uh, I'm sure you you got a, a chance to check that out as well, Nick. Um, this this can only be good here for the National Lacrosse League. I mean, that one tweet that went out uh, saying that, and it was all kind of a setup. And I think some people knew that off the top, but that uh, he could make a National Lacrosse League team without ever playing a game, and and that set lacrosse twitter world ablaze and it just gathered steam like i think there was over a million impressions with that one tweet alone oh yeah yeah no there's been millions and it's been, it was fantastic it was a great collaboration um between paul and the and the club and i couldn't agree with you more uh about reaching out to non-lacrosse fans to get them engaged and that was a perfect textbook example of how to do that absolutely absolutely well let's get into uh 
lacrosse side of things here, Nick, and, and lots of things we want to chat with you about. And the season gets going here Friday down in Denver, Colorado. I, I honestly, I just, I can't believe, like, I'm so <laughs> excited that the National Lacrosse League is back. Uh, why don't we start with BR Live and, and heading into their second year here with Turner Sports and Bleacher Report as uh, broadcast partner and, and lots of great things on the horizon. And, and why don't we start with BR Live and the fact that the first two weeks of the season are going to be free of charge and a chance for maybe some new viewers of the National Lacrosse League to have a look, see what we're doing on BR Live, and then go ahead and get your subscription. Yeah, so year two of BR Live, and I think the fans will appreciate um, more innovation and more production quality uh, being invested into our product. Uh, we are, let's see, there's a number of things. So First two weekends free, free to air. So uh, you'll get a chance to see that. Um, and then, of course, we'll go to the subscription version. The subscriptions are a bit different uh, this year. Uh, you're, it's a monthly subscription, um, and it includes the full complement of, uh, of, of sports products uh, that, that ter- uh, BR Live has to offer. Uh, I think the fans will see a marked uh, improvement again. In, uh, in the production quality uh, this year, um, you know, we've made significant investments in testing things like a goal cam and um, uh, helmet cam and some different angles, which I think the, the fans will enjoy watching. So we're excited uh, to be rolling out the second year of BR Live. We had sensational results in our first year with uh, a five, five, almost six times increase in viewership. Uh, from the previous year, and uh, you know we're looking to grow it again. One of the things that sparked my interest recently was, of course, the announcement of this uh, regular season game in Las Vegas. And of course, part of the reason it sparks my interest uh, is that I'm actually a part-time Las Vegas resident myself. And thinking about it, there's definitely an underserviced sports market there. Um, and even with the Golden Knights, there's this large market of people that attend these practices in thousands because they can't afford the cost of an NHL ticket. So I can see the possibility of it working, although at the Orleans, I I don't know if it would work there. Probably work better at T-Mobile Arena. Is the takeaway from this game to see how big of a market this is or what, I guess, is the ultimate plan here with Colorado and San Diego playing there? It's it's not a it's not a test of the market. Um, the market there. First of all, there are no bad markets. There's just bad operators and bad owners and bad arenas, um, except for maybe one market in particular that has proven to be difficult for every sports team. But there are no bad markets. And I think the Golden Knights have proven to the whole sports industry that Las Vegas is a real sports, a big league, real sports town. Um, you know, 80% of their season ticket base comes from the local people that live there. And, um, and that's no joke. And you know the numbers, they pack it in. Um, the Orleans is a beautiful arena. I was there about a month ago uh, to tour it. Uh, and it's a beautiful arena. It's a little bit off the strip. It's slightly over 10,000 seats, which is actually the perfect size for an NLL uh, team. Uh, we are not decided that that's where we're going to put the team. Um, but we have a lot of conversations and a lot of interest in Las Vegas right now. So uh, really, it was a twofold um, st- strategy to put put a game there 
um, the San Diego Seals raised their hand and said we wanted to do something really special for our fans, and their natural opponent would be Denver. So uh, that was strategy number one, to do an out-of-market event, a real um, regular season competition in that marketplace, uh, and we believe it's going to be a, a huge success. The second end of it is, you know, it's no secret that we're building out the infrastructure, um, and you'll see you'll see some of it start to appear on the BRI broadcasts. We, we signed a deal with Sports Logic. We announced that about a month ago. Uh, we're taking our stats uh, and real time stats performance and um, and stats of the game to a whole new level. You're going to see some of that reflected in the DR Live uh, um, uh, broadcast. And really, that was really important investment to build infrastructure to uh, roll out our sports betting business, which we're doing at some point down the line. Uh, we've been in extensive talks with a marketing partner, um, and doing this game in Las Vegas is part of that uh, strategy. Sports betting in Las Vegas sounds like a marriage to me as we speak with the commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, Nick Sakevich. I've personally never been down to Sin City here, Nick, and, and sign me up. I'm, I'm taking over Evans' condo down there in Vegas for the weekend. I'm, I'm heading down to check out the Seals and the Mammoth in February. I cannot wait for that. And back to your point about no bad markets, and that kind of speaks to the attendance that has really been on the rise here in the National Lacrosse League as a whole. And I thought when we saw what we saw in Halifax just a few days ago where they had, I don't know what it was, Nick, you could probably tell me, close to it looked like close to ten grand to me for an inner squad game there in Halifax that can only be a positive sign that this city is going to really embrace the Halifax Thunderbirds and love National Lacrosse League action. Yeah, I was there. It was a spectacular event, really well run uh, by both uh, the Thunderbird staff and management, as well as the arena operators there. Uh, Carrie Cousins and, and her staff did a phenomenal job. It was kind of an open house, an introduction of box lacrosse played at the highest level in that marketplace. And there was such a buzz in town and excitement about the team, the, the brand the award-winning brand of the Thunderbirds was all over the city, and, and it was a, a, a really a tremendous way to introduce the National Lacrosse League and the Halifax Thunderbirds to the fans there. From the mayor to the bar owners to the retailers and the people that live in that marketplace, uh, they're really excited about it. So we're, we were bullish about Halifax from the beginning, and and we'll we'll see how they and they look they look to have a pretty damn good team too. One of the things we talked last week when we had a chance to talk with the PLPA, their indications are they're willing to look at a longer term CBA that you've already held a few minor talks that there's a non disclosure agreement going out. It seems that there's positive signs that we can get a long term CBA dealt with and, you know, have that labor certainty that you were looking for. You were looking for a 10-year agreement to help, you know, secure these expansion franchises. What's your take on the situation at hand at the moment? It's, it's good. We've, 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 you know, we have a construct of a deal on the table that provides the players the opportunity to kind of, quote-unquote, I'm using the player's term, uh, come along for the ride as the NLO grows. 
Uh, it's a very, very fair deal. Um, as, as the league grows, as the league makes more money, the players get more money and, and, uh, everybody wins. And that's, that's really what we're aiming for. Um, I, I cannot stress enough how important a long-term deal is. No, nothing happens with expansion or television or sponsorship or ticket sales growth without the partnership of the players in a long-term deal. And all I need to point to is look at the NHL over the last decade. They signed a 10-year deal. I think they're in year eight or nine of that deal. Um, the players are happy with that deal. They, they, they're going to renew uh, and do another long-term deal. And, and coincidentally, the NHL has gone from a $3 billion business to a $5 billion business in that period. There's a direct correlation between labor certainty, partnership with the players, and being able to grow your business. Now, we're, we are with NLL. We're nowhere near those kinds of numbers in terms of revenue, not even close. We're a fraction of that. But if we truly are going to grow and grow together, where we can someday be a billion-dollar business, we've put in front of the PLPA a structure to get there and have the players share as 50-50 partners in that. No, that's, that's, that's amazing. And, and you know, part of what we wanted to talk to you about was where do you see the potential to grow revenue outside of expansion? And it, and it sounds like you just kind of answered the question with all those things that you listed, but none of those things happen without a long-term agreement with the PLPA. Uh, that's right, Jake. So what has been created over the last three seasons – going into four, fourth season here is we never had owners and teams only had pretty much a carpet and the opportunity to make money on nine games today they have a media business in br live that's growing and generating revenue for the league in media rights subscription sales sponsorship money and um and more opportunity to grow that media business which is vital for any league the third revenue stream that's really been created is commercial sponsorship. Kevin Morgan has taken the league's uh, dollars from what were essentially zero when we got here four years ago to, um, you know, in seven figures now and growing in the player's share in that. And the third revenue stream that's been created is new franchises. We have a new franchise revenue business. We sold four franchises over the last uh, two seasons, really, but it's been, a, you know, a three-year strategy. And uh, the teams are now worth uh, something. You know, uh, three years ago when we came in, franchises, they hadn't expanded in 10 years. And today, uh, we have four new franchises. The 14th team in NLL is on its way. And uh, we'll, we'll add another two after that. But all three of those revenue streams can only grow if we have the partnership of the players and uh, a new long-term deal in place. 14th team is on the way, lacrosse fans. You just heard it from the commissioner, Nick Sakevich, as we continue our conversation here on episode number 55. And and I want to spin it back to your man, Kevin Morgan, here, Nick. I I have never met Kevin in person, but watching kind of from afar here and, and getting the emails and getting the information that all these new sponsors are coming on board, this guy is absolutely crushing it at the National Lacrosse League level. Like, I can't be more impressed with all the work that he's done, and it's all kind of culminating 
um, with this Alterna Cup. Tell me about this. Uh, this is interesting to me, me being a Canuck here, Nick, that uh, there's going to be a kind of a, a competition within the competition, and uh, Alterna Banks are going to be the backbone of this thing. Um, very exciting. The Alterna Cup is a competition amongst the five NLL teams uh, within the competition of the NLL championship. It'll be uh, a win percentage based tournament. Um, you know, this is very common in, in soccer around the world. Uh, I think the NBA actually announced the other day that they were going to do a similar competition within a competition format. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a tradition over time in Canada. As we add more Canadian teams, the Alterna Cup will be um, that competition. We're going to, the, the trophy itself is being cast and polished as we speak and we'll be unveiling it and taking it on a tour of the country um in in january and we're really excited about this alterna bank alterna savings uh really fell in love with this concept and have invested heavily into it and they couldn't be a, a better partner we were uh, kevin and i had a dinner in toronto last week with um with their ceo and chairman uh, rob patterson and they couldn't be more committed to it and we're really, really excited. This is going to be a tradition in Canada for for lacrosse in the Alterna Cup. And, of course, there's all these new partnerships that are being announced, especially with regards to analytics and digital online media that can be hit there instantly. But even more so, the, the a lot of the announcements lately are about new companies coming on board with the NLL. I guess the way I see it, the more companies that come on board like this, then others start to take notice, and that's really what's going to fill your time with BR Live. It's going to, you know, fill your fill sponsorship time to get a television deal. Is that the is that the strategy that you're pursuing with this? Well, Kevin's done an amazing job uh, taking the league from essentially zero four years ago to where it is today. We have numerous partners on both the lacrosse endemic side, and then new ones like. Anheuser-Busch and Geico and Alterna coming on board um, on the non-endemic side. Those partners are really valuable because not only is the money that they invest into the league money that we can reinvest into things like better stats platform and better highlights. I failed to mention earlier, Jake, we signed a deal with Grabio, and that's going to be huge for the fan enjoyment. We're going to have real-time highlights available to the fans and the broadcast partners in this market um, almost almost immediately. And one of the things we know and our fans have told us this is that they love highlights. And so we've invested in that area. And they want it now, um, Nick. And they would like, you know what I'm saying? They want the highlights, but they they want it now. Of course, of course. And we'll be able to deliver that uh, this year with the partnership with Grabio. So, um, you know, Marketing partners are important because we just don't need their money to reinvest that capital into the league, but we also need their marketing expertise and we need their marketing push so they broaden the footprint of the NLL to a, a much wider audience. Speaking with Nick Sikevich here in a few more minutes with you, Nick. I uh, appreciate your time. And, and one thing I do want to ask you about is the Hall of Fame. I know when you, you took over the National Cross League as the commissioner, you, you made the Hall of Fame uh, one of your priorities that you really want to to have a home for it and do it properly, and and it's been quiet. We haven't seen anybody go into the hall for for quite some time now. Can you 
give us, give the fans an idea of what's happening with the Hall of Fame and what we can expect uh, when this thing rolls out? Well, we still have a vision of finding a home for it. Um, unfortunately, we had um, a bit of a downtime. Uh, Ashley Dabb, the league's chief marketing officer, left the company to take another position. And uh, we that project was uh, her baby, and she was really making some traction and finding a home for it. So we have to, we have to pick up the plans again. Uh, we're looking to fill her position right now. Uh, we had to wait. I wanted to wait to get Jessica Berman on board uh, before we made that decision. Um, this, this backfill of Ashley's job is, uh, is her hire, and she's going through the process right now um, to identify candidates for that job. Uh, and, and that will reside in that, um, marketing and events uh, area, which is this, this executive position. So unfortunately, we, lo- we lost some traction and bandwidth um, that that project fell under, but it's still a high priority for us. We need to find a, a proper home for it in a place where people are going to notice it, uh, not stored up in boxes and taken out of boxes once a year uh, to honor uh, Hall of Famers. That's just, that's just no way to treat a Hall of Fame. So our strategy remains the same. We, we just need the bandwidth at the league office to be able to execute on it. Gotcha. A lot of people have been talking lately, when does expansion either halt or take a hiatus? And most people are mentioning the number 16. I guess, is there a limit? And are we going to be looking at, say, an expanded schedule in the next few, few years and the potential down the road of full-time athletes? Well, I'll tackle one question at a time. So expansion for a 13-team league is going to continue for quite some time until we get to, you know, our goal ultimately long-term is to be 30, 32, 36 teams, whatever that number is. Uh, and as a comparison, coming from Major League Soccer, Major League Soccer has been expanding for 24 years, for 25 years now. Um, and it's just hitting its 30th team. Uh, the NLL is going to follow a similar path. So we have a long way to go on expansion. What we will not do is overexpand too quickly. Uh, we continue to be very strategic, both geographically and who comes in as an owner. Very important. We're just not going to give a team to anybody. They have to be good operators. They have to be in really good arenas with good arena deals. Uh, and in markets geographically, that makes sense for us. In this phase, which is the second phase of expansion, we are going to 16 teams in this next phase. Um, We expect that this next phase will take three years. It might take longer. Uh, It all depends on if we can find the right markets and the right owners in the right arenas. So we're hoping that we get the 16 teams over the next uh, three seasons. So by, by season 2023, we're at 16 teams. At that point, Jake, we're going to have to uh, really take a look at playing more games and broadening the schedule. Um, We're going to need to generate more revenue. So in order to generate more revenue, you have to have more events and more games to play. Uh, The players share in that revenue, so they're incented to play. And we've also really got to start thinking about uh, full-time players after after Team 16 comes in. Um, but it has to be done in a very strategic and purposeful way. And, 
you know, we've seen leagues in other sports overexpand or expand too quickly or costs rise at too fast a pace and it ends up cratering, uh, cratering the league. So we want to avoid that. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a real concern, Nick. Like I, I, I think, 16 yes we we get there but i think maybe the challenge that the national lacrosse league has that maybe some of these other leagues like major league soccer or the nhl don't have is that the majority of our players well the mass majority are canadian and and the other percentage is american and and right now the sport of lacrosse yes there are some some international players that are at that caliber but those other sports are able to draw from around the world where right now lacrosse is able to draw from North America. And that's a real challenge that you don't want to, yes, you want to expand the teams and you want to grow the profile, but you don't want to water down the product, which makes people want to go watch the best players on the planet. Well, we don't, we don't have a fear of watering down the product. Um, We've done a lot of analysis uh, this year and you, and you forgot a very important group of players in our league, which are the indigenous yes. players. So we have Thank almost you. 10% of our player Thank pool you. is indigenous. We, we're seeing more and more Americans coming into the league, players like Trevor Baptiste and uh, Matt Rambo and uh, Tom Schreiber and others. So there's a big growth curve going on in the United States, and we're going to see more uh, elite lacrosse players coming through, uh, capable of playing in the National Lacrosse League. And of course, we continue to depend heavily on the Canadian players. So we don't. When we do our analysis, there are a lot of players out there. In fact, I was sitting with Kurt Styers watching his game uh, on Friday, and you know, Monday, yesterday was a roster cutdown dates, and Kurt, Kurt just. I asked Kurt how his roster cutdown going, and he's like, I, "I don't really want to get rid of anything. <laughs> They're so good. They're all so good." Yeah. So. You know, there are plenty of players out there. The most important thing for us is to expand in the right places with the right owners in the right arenas under the right circumstances. And that, that takes time and patience. And you got to have find the right people. I mean, our ownership from top to bottom now is as solid as any league's ownership. In fact, I would even put our ownership up against some other leagues uh, that's even more blue chip. So we are, we really have got a great, uh, lineup from A to Z in, in our ownership pool. And anyone new that comes in has to really live up to that standard. And we got to make sure we bring the right people in. Well, I couldn't agree more, Nick. Uh, that great lineup, it starts Friday night down in Denver. Uh, the season is here. I appreciate your time here on Lacrosse Classified uh, and answering all those questions. And uh, look forward to, to crossing paths in Saskatoon or somewhere down the road here as the season rolls along. Thanks for doing this. Same here, Jake. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. All right. That was the commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, Nick Sikevich. The season just days away now, Evan. Uh, that was a great conversation with the big boss there. And there's a few interesting tidbits oh, in there. Oh, was that... there ever? Was there ever? Yeah. The... First off, full-time players, once the league gets past 16 teams, expanded schedules, and it sounds like Vegas is a done deal. 14th team coming, uh, full-time players on the horizon. Uh, I heard the word TV in there as well, Evan. Lots lots to digest in that conversation there with the commissioner. And, and he's also very agreeable to a long-term CVA, which is the same conversation we had last week. Absolutely. So we're getting the same message from both sides. Great to hear, great 
to here. Uh, great conversation there with Nick Sakevich. we got to take a break, though, Evan, and coming back on the other side. You know it. You love it. So do we. It's Stampede Tax. Who you got? It returns next right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Jamie Dowick, owner and GM of the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Back here, episode 55, Lacrosse Classified. Thanks for hanging with us. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you. Oh, man, Evan, uh, it just seems like days ago I was in shooters there in Pitt Meadows, belting out Rhinestone Cowboy, paying off my... My bet loss uh, to you as uh, I got humiliated there. Uh, oh, by the way, thank you to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Associated-Labels.com or at Associated LP as in Labels and Packaging. Creating first impressions. I saw my buddy Sean Ashworth, uh, the owner of Associated Labels and Packaging, down in San Francisco checking out the Packers in the night. He's a big Niners fan, Evan. Uh, I'm a big Seahawks fan, so we always have some fun banter there. But uh, saw him down there in San Francisco. Yeah. No, I I got bragging rights uh, at least until the end of December when they meet again in Seattle. So that'll be be interesting. But uh, check out... Associated labels and packaging. If you need a label, need a package, and you like the environment, those are your people. All right, Evan. Stampede Tack and Western Wear. It's back. It's time. Here we go. Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Who you got? They're your complete source for Western Wear, your complete source for Wrangler jeans as well. Shop online now. Save yourself $10.00. Per pair on any men's or ladies' Wrangler jeans or pants. They ship Canada-wide. They're located at Cloverdale. They've been there since 1967. Stampede.ca. Shopping online is still shopping local. Now, Evan. We should just call this Jake Elliott's eventual punishment. Oh, man. I I have have, uh, made it my priority. To do better on, I want to like blow your doors off this season is what I want to do, Evan. Well, so, you got absolutely destroyed. Like you started taking the photos what with three weeks ago in the season because it was that far over. Ah, uh, well, we'll see what happens this year, man. New teams, new season, new outlook, um, and new who you got, Evan. Uh, this is exciting stuff here. So not only if you're listening right now, make sure you get your picks in immediately. Check out our social media at Lax Class. You will see a pinned tweet there that's got a thread of all the rules and regulations, a Google Documents form to sign up to. Super easy. Couldn't be easier to do. Takes you about 30 seconds, and then you're in. Now, not only are we going to have weekly prizes from Stampede Tack and Western Wear, but we are also going to have a grand prize so with that being said you can win week to week i think we want to limit what do we want to i think we have to limit our weekly prizes once you win that's it then we'll give that weekly prize oh no 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 
why not let them, why not let somebody go for the whole gusto? Give them the incentive to keep going hard. All right. All right. I'll agree with you there. I was going to say, like, you can still compete for the grand prize, but you can only win one weekly prize, and it will give it second place the weekly prize, but still continue oh. to make your picks every week. If, if we have somebody that is a four- or five-time weekly winner and they get those bragging rights, I say give it to them. Okay. I'm I'm down. I'm about winning. Um, so I'll agree with you there. Like we're just we're making this up as we go here. But okay, fine. You want to do that? You can play every week. You can win every week, and you can also win the grand prize. So if if you miss a week or two, not a big deal. You're still eligible to win the grand prize. You're just going to have to work that much harder. But if you do play every week, your chances of winning the grand prize go up even more. Does that make sense? That makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, so now we need to decide, Evan, because it's a brand new. I think because I lost last season's Who You Got, I should get to host the first week of Who You Got. That, that, that's okay. This is actually a fairly easy week in Who You Got. If you take an upset and you feel like you're going to take an upset, I'm happy with that. Well, I think I might after uh, you texting with you a couple of times. We already have upwards of like 50 entries into who you got. We haven't even played it yet, so uh, that gives you a good indication how popular this is going to be this year. I suggest you sign up. All our uh, chat group buddies here as well, I'd kind of like to make a separate column for them and put all those guys on record for their picks this year too, Evan. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. The the chat group is somewhat turned sometimes into a trash talking group, and it's going to get probably worse as the NLL season goes along. And certain teams, you know, have their way, and or other ones don't. But um, you know, let's do it. Let's let the winner trash talk everybody else. I'm game for it. Yeah, I, I mean, just I mean, they they claim to be experts as well, and we're the only ones kind of putting our necks out on the line here. So I think uh, they should have to go on record as well. All right, let's get into this. Three games in week number one, Evan. Two on Friday, one on Saturday. I can't believe it. Friday, it gets going, Evan. Friday, it gets going down in Denver, Colorado. Saskatchewan and the Mammoth, who played in the playoffs last year. The Mammoth winning that game in Saskatchewan in overtime and ending the Russia's season, Evan. You know Saskatchewan's going to be looking for a little redemption against the Woolies to kick off the season. Rush at Mammoth, Evan Sheminar. Who you got? This is very, very simple. Yes, the Rush are going to be missing Jeff Cornwall, but those two guys that are missing, Whitting and Wardle, on the left side means that Rubish and Dilt can double-team McLaughlin all night if they want to. They're going to have a hard time uh, getting goals. I think this is a fairly easy win for the Rush. Uh, same rules as last year for me, Evan. The Rush give me a paycheck every week or every couple of weeks. So Hello. I'm taking Saskatchewan. Just mark me down for Saskatchewan to go 18-0 and this year, please. <laughs> what, you're not going to dare pick against them? Come I don't on. think I – like, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I think they have a chance to win every game anyway. So I don't think I'm I'm not – like, I don't think I'm I'm going out too far here is picking Saskatchewan every time. Put it this way. If I pick Saskatchewan every game to win, I'm for sure coming out ahead 
on the 500 level, right? They're not going to go nine and nine. No, no. I mean, that's the thing. You're you're got a 75 percent chance if you pick the right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Give me Saskatchewan to beat the Mammoth in week number one. Game number two, also Friday night. It's a game I am going to attend in person in a game that one Mr. Biz Nasty is going to be at. By the way, promo code BIZ20. This deal is pretty cool here, Evan. 30 bucks. It's regularly a $50 ticket. You get it for 30 if you use BIZ20, the promo code. And then you get into a special section after the game, and you get to party with the Biz at Rogers Arena for a little bit after the game. So I, what more do you want? 30 bucks in the in the club section, and you get to party with the Biz. Warriors hosting the Roughnecks. Defending champions are in town to take on Vancouver, Evan, to kick off the Warriors' home schedule. Who you got? As much as the Warriors are a nice sponsor of the program, i got to be honest with the situation. And you know what? They've had a very difficult time winning on the road. They've had a very difficult time. I'm sorry, winning at home. My apologies. And uh, Calgary is the better team for now. Hopefully Vancouver proves me wrong. But i got to take the rough things. Okay. Um, So I think this is where I go against the grain here a little bit, Evan. I... I've been around Vancouver and, and seen this team over the last five, six years, and, and they always seem to play Calgary for the first game of the year for the most part. Like, I want to say out of, like, five out of the last six years, they've played the Roughnecks in game one of the season. You might want to go back and check that. With that said, Vancouver always seems to play Calgary tough and well in the opening game, whether it's in Vancouver or whether it's in Calgary. They always play the Roughnecks tough early in the year. New team, new year, biz nasty, all of it. Free beer. I'm going Warriors in week one, Evan. Okay, that's on you. I, I think, you know. It of, is on me. I've looked at the responses so far. One out of six people so far have picked. Okay, well, Cooper. those people are, are smarter than the masses, apparently. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, I'm taking the word. By the way, I, I know we kind of did like a test thing. Uh, to make sure the document was working, I actually sele- I just selected quickly. So you got to change my pick on the document there because I believe I selected Calgary in that test we did. Yours is a test anyway, so it doesn't matter. That one doesn't matter. This, this is the one that counts on. Okay, list. mark me down for the Vancouver Warriors. We both got the rush. I got the Warriors. You got the Roughnecks. We got one more game here on Stampede Tax. Who you got? It's Saturday. And it's the Georgia Swarm taking on the Rochester Nighthawks. Evan, who you got? Pretty simple pick for me here. If I'm ta- saying Georgia's going to be the number one seed at the end of the year, I'm taking them against an expansion franchise. I, and, I mean, Rochester's a pretty good expansion franchise, but I'm still taking the Swarm. I agree. Uh, I think the Swarm are just loaded this year, and – they are going to have a fantastic season. I could very well see them in the NLL Cup at the end of the year. I know Rochester wants to have a good showing in their in their first game as the new Rochester Nighthawks, but I think they're up against a tough task in the Georgia Swarm. So give me Georgia, Evan Sheminar. Got it down. Got it down. So there we go. Three games in week one. We both got the rush. We both got the swarm. You're taking Calgary. I'm taking Vancouver. Somebody will have a lead at the end of the weekend.
Can't wait for this to get going. You got uh, you got plans for the weekend, Evan? You going to hunker down and watch some lacrosse? Hate to say it, I got some work to catch up on. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. You call yourself a lacrosse fan. I don't know what's going on. Uh, well, no, I'm still going to be watching the games, but okay. I mean, I still actually got to make some money as well. So no, you know I, suppose. I, mean. I suppose. I <laughs> suppose. Uh, we got a couple more minutes to go here, maybe more than a couple. So since we got a couple more minutes, and we only had one guest on the program this week, let's get a quick word in here from our fabulous sponsors from Pure Vital Labs. Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also informed choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Ryland Reese of the Burnaby Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time. By the way, PVL, uh, thanks to our friends at Pure Vital Labs, uh, we're front and center down in San Diego there at the Seals Beach Tournament. I know Westberg had lots of products and stuff going on down there, and, and I saw Rob Leone at uh, Warriors Training Camp, who, who works uh, in the marketing department with PVL, and I didn't know this. I started asking him questions a little bit about it and how long it's been around, and uh, it was founded by a guy named Jim McMahon, not the football player, but uh, lives right in my neck of the woods in Port Moody, and this thing's been around, this this company's been around, it's been rebranded uh, by Ryan Keller, but it's been around since like the mid-90s, so uh, well-established, long-time player in the supplements market, uh, and our good friends here on Lacrosse Classified. All right, it's time. Under review. It's time for under review. By the way, I know last week... Um, well, I cut it out because I, I really wanted to get – I don't know if I'm going to tell people this. I'm just going to leave it until I get one way or the other on it. Right now, that was <laughs> – people are probably going, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, it'll all make sense here in a week or two once uh, we get it cleared up. Under review, this is where fans submit a question, whether it be on our, our timeline on Lax Class, into our personal account, or they slide into the DMs, as the kids say, Evan – Ask a, ask us a question, and uh, we answer that question. We we take it and we put it under review, and then we answer that question here on Lacrosse Classified. New segment. This is week two of it. It's under review. The question is, Evan, what rule in the National Lacrosse League needs to be changed or tweaked? Is this uh, my man Kurtz that asked this? I can't remember now. What rule needs to be changed or tweaked? Hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah. Tell you what, you go first. I got to think about this for a second. Oh, man. I thought you said you could answer this without question right off the bat. Well, the question I thought we were answering was something totally different. Oh, <laughs> that's coming up in news and notes, man. Um, for me, I will do you the favor here, Evan, while I'll give you a chance to do some thinking. For me, it's it's a tweak. It's not a change. It's a tweak. And that tweak is get away from even, like, when they have coincidental penalties, 
it's staying five on five. Take the manpower off the floor and go four on four or three on three. That's my tweak. You know what I'm saying there? I, yeah, that's like not I, a bad one. It's, I just think it's. Good. I just yeah. think four on four lacrosse. I don't want to see four on four lacrosse all the time, but I think that extra space out there is super entertaining, and. I like the fact that when guys are coming out of the penalty box, it can create transition on a turnover or whatever. And I just – I don't want to see it all the time, but I think four-on-four four is super entertaining, and even three-on-three three from time to time. You take a coincidental penalty, both guys go to the box, and you take that manpower off the floor. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. Um, a rule tweak. Ooh. This is a tough one. I, if it was a CLA rule book, I could talk for two hours. Well, that's just it. But that's not what the question was, Evan. If I had a tweak, you know what it is, is to expand the rules on hits to the head. I, I think we've got to get the concussions out of the game. Um, if that means we're getting even worse with the, the regulations, I'm okay with that. You know, we need to we need to get those headshots out of the game. Yeah, I I, I don't know exactly what the like. I mean, it's it's pretty stiff as it is right now. But I think what Evan, I, I mean, from what we saw two three years ago, as far as headshots go, to what we see now, like I think the rules that are in place now have had a pretty positive effect on guys keeping sticks down. But they're still happening. Yeah, I mean it's a violent contact sport, man. I think I think it's going to happen regardless. Um, but I think they've done a better job, or a, even better than a better job, of curtailing them and bringing those numbers way down. Like I think what we saw, it's way less than what we used to see. That is for sure. But I I just don't know how much harsher you can be. Like what what is your suggestion to limit more headshots? Like what would you do? You know, if it's fines or suspensions or whatever's needed, I'm okay with that. Because the last thing I, I hate to see it every year is that some big player just is on the you know, the IR or is gone for three to five games because somebody decided to be stupid. Yeah, I I, I suppose I suppose you're right there. And, and whether it's whether it's three games for the first offense or whatever it takes. You know, it's got to get clamped on. I think on even even harder than it and than it was. But I think the problem you're running into there is that uh, the PLPA has got to sign off on on these rule changes as well. I think. And when you're talking, they, they about, don't have to sign off on them. No. Okay, I mean, I'm just saying, like, argued, if they get suspended, man, and then uh, three games, that's like a big chunk of a regular season, right there. You know what, though? I, I mean, you and I talked about it last year when the Crawford situation happened. And it's a repeat offense for the same thing. Yeah. And yeah, I'm with games, you there. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I'm scanning our Twitter feed here, Evan. I cannot find who asked that question. I appreciate you asking. I feel bad that I can't give you some credit for asking that question. That one's on me. So uh, I apologize that I can't find that name at the ready. News and notes time, Evan. We got to get going here on episode number fifty-five. Uh, keep those questions coming. We'll select one each week and put it under review. And I'm, 
I'm hoping to get a, a fancy little intro done up uh, for under review. That's that's kind of what I was referring to earlier, but uh, it hasn't quite panned out yet. Hopefully it will. Under review. Thanks uh, thanks for that question coming in. Keep those questions coming in. At Lax Class. News and Note 7. Uh, we talked a lot about these things already. Oh, by the way, I want to do this right now before I forget, and that's to get a shout-out into my man once again, Sakani Baker, for providing all the beats that we use here on Lax Class. Uh, really appreciate his efforts, and I mean, the man knows how to make a beat now, and he's uh, he's happy to be on Lacrosse Classified and showing off his talents, and we're happy to to be able to use those beats from Sakani, so appreciate that, my man. Um, so Josh Johnson posts this up on Twitter, calling Shane Simpson the fastest man in the National Lacrosse League, Evan, and I, I'm not necessarily... Mm-hmm questioning or debating Josh's assessment of Shane Simpson being the fastest man because he is pretty fast. Somebody noting that he ran down Capito on a breakaway, and I'm not sure I've ever seen that happen. So that's fast. But do you think Simpson is the fastest man in the NLL, or do you have somebody else in mind? No, there's a very simple answer to this. And the way I look at it is if you're in transition with the ball, who is the guy that you just cannot catch or i shouldn't say you can't catch but it is the guy that is almost impossible to catch that's troy capito and this is the one guy especially if i'm watching a game live it's harder to see it on television but what but i'm watching a game live that i'm sitting here watching joey like literally the second that dylan ward or any of the colorado defense has got the ball my first eye is where's capito that's how dangerous this guy is so if there's a fastest guy in the NLL, in my mind, it's Capito. But didn't I just say that Shane Simpson ran down Capito okay. on a breakaway? But but there's a difference there, okay, in that if Capito's got the ball, you do have to take those split seconds to try and gauge what it is you're trying to do, right? So you're not in an all-out blitz. And the defender's got one thing in mind, and that is how hard can I run to go get him? So that's the difference. Yeah, and and I mean Shane Simpson may be the answer here, Evan. And like I think there's different types of quick or fast in lacrosse, right? There's lateral, there's one-on-one quickness. We're kind of talking a flat-out foot race here from one end to the other, and maybe back again or something like that. Straight line, absolute speed. Joey Capito. His nickname is Lightning, for heaven's sake. So that <laughs> gives you an idea. I'd have to give that some serious consideration on, on who. Like, I'd have to literally go through every roster and, and, and scan it and find the fastest guy. In the, I, that, listen, I, this is something I would like to see. If the NLL ever goes back to, like, an all-star game or, or whatever, you know, you got the hardest shot competition, trick shots, whatever. I want to see a flat-out foot race with, with the fastest guys in the league lined up and racing. I think that would be so cool. Or have it that, you know, there's just some very, very minimal skills you got to do, but, you know, like, you know, like the NHL does, they, they do a lap or something. Like yeah. That, fastest right? skater. But, yeah. Why not? I think uh, it's something to so think then you about. You get some lateral movement and things like that into it. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to do the crossovers and turn in the corners, but uh, skating, obviously different than running. I don't think you need to, I think just down and back. Down and back, straight straight line, race it. Touch the boards, 
touch the boards. That's my idea. That's my idea. Hopefully they go with it. We'll see what happens. Uh, but good, good, good question coming in. Well, it wasn't really a question. Uh, it was more of a statement from JJ. But uh, I thought it was a, a neat topic to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Bryce Queener chimed in. He's like, not Brody Merrill. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody said not Dan Latticeur and started pulling out uh, names from the past about guys that weren't really fast in their career. I thought that was kind of funny, throwing guys into the bus. Anyways, Evan, I think we're out of time. Anything else you want to get in here before we get you on your way for episode 55? Yeah, there's one thing I'm going to I'm gonna put you on the spot a bit because we're talking, our, this is our season preview. Mm. So now it's more difficult to say who's the team out of the West, who's the team out of the East because now it's, it's a seeded situation. Mm-hmm. But give me your eight playoff teams. So the top two in each division, <laughs> two wild cards. <laughs> My top two, I mean, this is, okay. Uh, top two in each division, Georgia, New England, Buffalo and Toronto, Saskatchewan and Calgary. My two wild card teams are Halifax, and San Diego. Okay, so you got seven of my eight. I had the exact same division winners and runners-up. I think Toronto, though, will beat Buffalo for that division. Um, but uh, my first wild card is Colorado, and then there was the debate as to is it Halifax or is it San Diego? And I think San Diego is a slightly better team, but the problem is when you're playing 10 games against the West, it's going to be difficult to get enough wins to be as a fourth-place team to get that wild-card spot. That's why I think Halifax gets it. Yeah, for me, it came down to Colorado and San Diego. I think Halifax is, is too good of a team. I'm a little little skeptical on the goaltending, but I think they overcome that with – with what they got there, uh, you know, with the Cyborg and company. So we'll we'll see how it plans, uh, plays out. And, and you had time to think about that, Evan. I just went right off the top of my head there. You did put me on the spot. We'll see how it all plays out. I can't believe it. It gets going Friday. Don't forget, you get free BR Live for the first two weekends of the season. And then you got to sign up for that monthly subscription. I suggest you just don't wait. Just get it done. That way you don't have to panic and forget and all of a sudden you're missing games. Just get it done. Sign up for BR Live. And check out the entire season. That was a big episode right there, Evan. Lots to digest from the commissioner. We got who you got back in play. Lots of prizes to give away. And uh, some news and notes in there as well. Nice job. Yeah, no, it's, it's it was going to be an interesting episode. We knew that. We just never knew which, uh, what, what little tidbits we were going to get. Um but Vegas, I, I, it sounds like it's a case of where are they playing, not yeah, if they're playing. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still not sold. I think Vegas is coming. I'm not sold it's the next one. I still I still think it's going to be uh, right there in the Lone Star State, personally. I think that's where the next team is going to be. But Vegas, I think, is going to be one of the next three teams. You no, know, that sounds like it. I, I'm certain, too, Dallas is going to be one of the teams. Be interesting to see though if that 16th team is a Montreal or mm. an Ottawa or Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, I think another Canadian team needs to get in there in the next. Or Edmonton. Uh, yeah, three in the next three teams, they need to have 
two Western teams and a Canadian team in there. So however they work that, we'll we'll see. I I trust the people in charge are going to make the right calls and do the right things here, Evan. I I got to believe it. The track record is is right on course here. So. All right, uh, enough of us here for episode number 55. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, We will be back next Tuesday and every Tuesday here on Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network for Lacrosse Classified. A thank you once again to our sponsors and associated labels and packaging, Pure Vital Labs, the Vancouver Warriors, and Stampede Tech and Western Wear for sponsoring the program. Make sure you follow us on social media at Shemlax. I am at PXP for sports. The show is at Lax Class or Lacrosse Classified on Instagram or Facebook. We're everywhere, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well wherever you find your podcast channels. We're there, Lacrosse Classified. Just hit subscribe, and everything will be okay. That's going to do it for us. For Evan Schemenauer, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, we'll talk to you next time here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network.